Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and that guy on the other side of the YouTube screen is my brother Dusty. And today, we're talking Back to the Future. So, Dust, if you had a time machine, uh, well, where would you go back in time? Oh, that's an interesting question. Honestly, I, well, the first thought comes to mind is if I would go back, it would probably be... Two thoughts come to mind. Number one, I went through last year, went through the East Coast and saw a bunch of great history, like the Civil War, crazy stuff, the uh, rev- uh, the revolution, you know, Revolutionary War, all that sort of stuff. And that was super cool. So I don't know if I really it, it was great seeing that stuff. So maybe that. But then I would definitely I would probably go back about 10 minutes and eat my sandwich all over again. There you go. So. Good choice. Good <laughs> choice right there. <laughs> How about you? I, I, I never even thought of that. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough question. I just asked you impromptu. I didn't even give it any thought. I wouldn't want to go back to any, like you said, Civil War and stuff, uh, great American history. That would be interesting, but it's a little dangerous back then. You know, yeah, I mean, if you think yeah. about we're talking about Back to the Future Part 3, which we're not talking about today, but he goes back to the Old West. They drop you or they kill you at the drop of a hat back then. You know, it's a little dangerous. So I might go to some relatively safe time and maybe go to the Fresno State campus back in 19... 19- Whatever year it was when mom and dad met and sit there on a park bench and just watch the two of them meet for the first time, you know. Oh, that's fun! Yeah, the only one other that's that's pretty creative. I like that. Um, the only other one that pops in mind is I would go back to when Jesus was actually walking the earth and before, you know, just if I could meet him before he started doing his ministry and just start talking to him. That's the only other thing. There's a couple other biblical, a lot of other biblical people inside that, because I read the Bible every night with the kids, and a lot of stuff in the history there, everything from Paul the Apostle down to all the prophets, even Abraham, or, oh my goodness, I believe in the Bible. It starts at the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Maybe go all the way back to Adam and Eve and say, Dude, don't eat that. Don't eat that fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. What about so if you if you actually went back and met Jesus, what would you ask him? Dude, how'd you walk on water? Is that what you would ask him? <laughs> I don't know what I would ask him. More than likely, I would just bow down and worship it. That's oh, probably the go. only thing that I would do. I mean, honestly, because what's great reason why I love the Bible, I feel like the Bible has everything in there that I need. Now, there's probably other questions I can ask, like. Um, you know, what about this or what about that? But um, man, just, just to meet him, just to say, wow, Jesus, this is, this is amazing. Cause I, I know when I die, I'm going to see him in the future. When I actually die, I'll see him. But, uh, but yeah, that, that would be the one thing, but I like your idea of going and seeing them meet at Fresno state for the very first time and seeing that that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know what I, if I had to go back and ask Jesus a question, I'd ask him what it's St. Peter at the pearly gates, right? That's what they say it is, that's but it's not. But yes, that's what they say. Um, yeah. I would ask him, what is St. Peter's favorite food? So I can make sure I bring him some when I meet him at the pearly <laughs> gate. You know, hey, buddy, would you like some of this? You let me in. There's going to be plenty more where this came from. I'm an expert in cooking <laughs> whatever this is. That's there what you go. Right, butter him up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Butter him up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, trust me, Peter, it's not a bribe. It's just, <laughs> I know I'm very generous. Yeah. I'm very, <laughs> totally. I spent my but whole actually, life baking this and perfecting it. I wanted you to have some. 
Well, a quick side tangent on that. So the, the Peter is, is a, um, is an, a, a disciple and apostle and the Catholics believe that, you know, Peter would be there. And that's where it necessarily came from. Yeah. But it's literally, if you read the Bible, it's literally Jesus is standing there oh. and saying, why should I let you in my kingdom? That's mm-hmm. literally how it's going to work out. So but anyways, we can move on from there. Yep. Cool deal. Cool deal. So back to the future. I am so glad that you chose this movie, watched it on Netflix. You, you, I have, how come, how come you can't pick good movies? I mean, <laughs> well, there's I'm, some that it's like, oh my goodness. I yeah. Can't well, <laughs> I'm trying to just be adventurous and, and watch some new movies, you know, that we haven't seen before. <laughs> and I hope beyond hope that they're good. Um, but I guess I think I need to stay away from dr- dramas and weird comedies like one cut of the dead and maybe just stick to action adventure and just straight up comedies uh because your tastes are a little narrow it seems (laughs) i see my palate's expanded a little bit. Yeah, palate is a special time in a boy's That's life. Right. That's right. <laughs> you Homer guys probably Simpson. don't know that reference. Yeah, that was Homer Simpson. We, we don't need to go into that. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, there are some that I really do enjoy. Um, I'll have to think of one that I really, really like. But, <laughs> one. Like, okay. Well, no, sorry. Come up with one because oh. I do like a bunch. But ones that I really, really like, think of like um, Cinderella Man. That's a drama. That's really really good i enjoy that one another one is shawshank redemption but it's so hard to watch that again because it's so it just makes you feel like oh or the um uh what's the one where um schindler's list my goodness like amazing history literally kill um the not national socialist literally killing millions of jews but the movie is phenomenal. But I'm yeah. like, I don't want to watch. You know, I it wonder. Again. You know, what I, mean? movies, I want to be entertained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Movies like that, they're great movies, and and it's hard. You to should watch it once. Bad. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But you only watch it once. So how many like, if your standard movie comes out on DVD and people buy it, um, who've watched it in the past? Let's say a standard movie sells a million copies, just as a number. How many of those million copies are going to be rewatched multiple times? Like I have seen Goonies on DVD 20 times <laughs> with my kids. If I owned Schindler's List, it would have never even been watched once beyond the very first time. I agree. And another and completely understand that and agree with you. Also, another one that came out that I said I should watch it again because the ending was so like, oh, wow, that just changed the whole movie but I never did was the one where, where uh, Bruce Willis said, or the kid says, I see dead people. Um, six cents, six cents. I was like, I should watch that again because I would see, be able to see what's going on. But I never did because I realized how horribly down that entire movie was. And I felt like I, when I left the movie, I felt like there was literally a brick uh, or like a hundred bricks on my shoulders, just weighing me down. I was like, Oh, this is so horrible. Yeah. It was fun watching it once, but I'm not going to do it again. Now, that leads me into my first thought of Back to the Future, was that watching it again right now, it is so much fun to rewatch, and you spot so many things. Like, this movie is so good about laying something out there, and it comes back later in the movie. You know, Lorraine is talking about how she first met George, and everything from getting hit by the car. What you doing in the street in the first place? Falling in love at the at the fish under the water dance. Oh, it was the enchantment under the sea dance, and all that, like, everything mentioned earlier. Him playing music, skateboarding, everything comes back later in the movie, and it plays a part 
part in the story. Absolutely love it. So this is one of those movies, just like Sixth Sense, when you watch it, you get to the end, <gasps> crazy twist, rewatch it again. You spot all these little things along the way. Back to the Future has all of that, but like times 50 over any other movie I've ever seen. Great storytelling throughout the whole thing. Very, very... Um you can easily track it, even though there's a lot of stuff, moving parts and stuff. My kids tracked with it. But yeah, you're right. As you get older, you pick up little different things, little different nuances. One thing that I pick up as I'm watching, because I've literally watched all three with my kids. They love them. What I picked up was, and I have to, we have to touch on this. We all know Michael J. Fox is a good actor. But he plays himself throughout most every single movie, like Doc Hollywood, it's himself. Back to the Future, that's himself. Like basically every single movie is himself. The most brilliant, underrated actor I have ever seen is the guy who played Biff. He is phenomenal. He played so many characters and played them so well. I was blown away at his ability to act in all three of these movies. Just phenomenal. Yeah, Tom Wilson. Really good actor, and I totally agree with you. Totally different person at every age of Biff's, too. And then just just in this movie, not even thinking about parts two and three, um, he's the current jerky Biff. He goes back to the younger, really big jerk Biff. And then when he comes back, when Marty comes back to the future, now he's kind of like this uh, uh, meek and meager Biff who maybe has realized the error, errors in his ways growing up, you know, and and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, yeah, you're right. He's great. And Tom Wilson, he, he used to have a really good podcast. I used to listen to it. But he's also like an artist, genuine painter artist. He makes like modern kind of pop culture stuff, too. So if you ever looked him up on the Internet, you'll find some pretty cool, cool art out there. From him yeah if and if you go watch part two of back to the future and part three as well of back to the future different characters as well and man he's just so believable in every single one i'm just i i was literally blown away at how great of an actor he was you know watching the first time like oh yeah you, you just see him as a character but now older we're like a dude had to actually perform that way that's brilliant yeah yeah and speaking of brilliance uh doc brown christopher lloyd absolutely love him every single scene that he's in your eyes are drawn to him it's kind of weird they're not competing for attention him and marty right doc brown and marty but it's like when they're on scene together it's electric like you love watching them two together when it's just doc brown when it's just marty that's just as much fun as well but those were like the two perfectly cast leads with the perfect bad guy in biff as well like Awesome movie. And then Leah you, Thompson, his mom, and then um uh Chris Chris uh Crispin Glover as George McFly. Glover, yep. Incredible. Every one of the actors in this movie are they were perfect for the role. The only one that I can see, honestly, and it's gonna be sad to say this, I might eat my words, but the only one that I can see as far as actor-wise that you can take out and put somebody else in there would be um uh, Michael J. Fox. Because really? he, well, no, no, he did good. Don't get me wrong. No, he did phenomenal. He's a great, great actor. But the way that um, uh, Doc Brown was, the way that um, uh, Biff was, the way that the dad was, the way that the mom was, it, they seemed like so different. Whereas um, I just feel like Michael, did, he did great. I mean, you know, it's a, he's the only, I'm not saying that you would, because he, like, you can't replace Back to the Future. You can't redo it. It's just, you would be stupid if you did. But he's the only one that is like is not as like grabbing the attention of the screen. When you see Biff on screen, he grabs the attention. When you see Doc Elliot or uh, uh, what's his name, the Doc uh, Brown? actor's name, Doc oh, Brown, yeah, or yeah. Christopher Lloyd, 
Christopher Lloyd. You see him on screen. He, all Biff and those two characters, uh, Biff and L, uh, um, Doc Brown, they were so amazingly well cast. I could not see anybody else play those part. They George were George McFly so, as well, Crispin Glover. Yes, he was great too. And remember, oh, I remember we did, I never really watched um much more or knew much more about Crispin Glover after he did Back to the Future, but you said, "Hey, did you see he was in that new Charlie's Angels movie? This was back in like 1997-ish." I was like, "Really?" So yeah, he was the bad guy. I was like, "No way. That's yep. so cool." Yeah. He still he occasionally does uh acting and stuff, but he's just kind of a really eccentric eccentric guy, and his dad was a can't remember his name, something Glover of course, but his dad was a Bond villain. Danny Glover? No, not Danny Glover. <laughs> no, wouldn't that be funny though? Um, be yeah, awesome. uh, he was a, a a bad guy. As he was a Bond villain in an old Bond movie uh, as well. Uh, got, I it, think, got it, got it, got yeah. it, got it. But yeah, he was great. Now, did you know? So it, it just shocks me that you that that you think that uh, Michael J. Fox could be replaced. Did you know that he was a replacement for a different actor in this movie? No, who was he? Eric Stoltz was the original actor, and he played. I don't know who that is. Two, well, Eric Stoltz, um, uh, Pulp Fiction. He was the heroin dealer, the red-haired guy. It in, oh. in the house when trying to revive Uma Thurman, he goes stab her with the thing. That's Eric Stoltz. Like tons oh, of movies and stuff, wow. but he's kind of a method actor, and I guess he played the part just too serious, too like like. When he was getting into confrontations with Biff, he was pushing Tom Wilson too hard and just and just and just taking it too seriously. They needed somebody with a more lighter touch, so they fired Eric Stoltz and brought Michael J. Fox on. So when you said Michael J. Fox could be replaced, I thought well, mm, I don't know. The the director mm. thought he was the perfect probably right. casting, and and yeah, yeah. So that's that's the old lore on this story or this movie. So, and I'm definitely going back to eat my words. I I think Michael J. Fox did amazing. He was just the, and I could see how a different way to play um, Marty McFly would not come out anywhere. Like you like, you really want to see Marty McFly win. Like you just, he, he's a likable and he has a little bit of rough edges around it, but he's not too rough and all that sort of stuff. But I just see how amazing Doc Brown um, and Biff are and uh, George McFly, you know, they're just really like iconic. Michael J. Fox is definitely his. But anyways, you can move on with them there. I just had to touch on that both Doc Elliott or, you know, Dr. Brown is, and, um, um, uh, Tom Wilson. are yeah. just phenomenal. Tom Wilson's are phenomenal. I got to go back and watch other movies that he's been in or whatever, because I was just blown away. For so sure. I actually watched this with my kids. Have your kids watched this? Yes. They watched it with me. Denise watched it with me the other night. We all absolutely loved it. Yeah. Same here. And then we watched part one, part two and part three. Cause they're all on Netflix. We're like, let's just go ahead and watch all three not like binge, but it was like, uh, you know, every, every other day we watched one of the um, episodes and I would say they like number one, the best. And obviously we usually find one is usually of every type of, what is it? Uh, trilogy is usually the best, but I found three wasn't as enjoyable, but part two was really, really fun because you had to go future, right, present, future, back, present. It was that was really, really cool too. So the whole series, the whole trilogy is really good. The only one that you can potentially skip is three, just a little bit, but it rounds out the entire story at the very, very end. It does. And if you're invested in all these characters and the whole story of the McFly family and Marty McFly in particular, at the end of part two, they just bam, lead right into part three, right? So 
I, I know you what you said. If if there's one you could skip, it's part three. But I don't think you can. If you've watched one and two and enjoyed them, you gotta watch part three. You gotta see how the story concludes for sure. If, um, oh. Let me pause your pause your thought because I know you have something going along with what we're just talking about. This is the first movie that I remember where they actually had to be continued after part one. I was like, what? Yeah. There's going to be a part two? They've already planned a part two? What is the deal with that? No way. Because I don't remember. It's usually they, they make a movie. Hey, it was good. Let's figure out a way to make part two. But it looks like they already had at least part one and part two. But then also they shot part two and three at the same time. It seems like because at the end of part two, you they literally show you just about the entire movie of part three as well. But Really well done trilogy, in my opinion. But yeah, seeing that part two as a kid, like to be continued, like no way, what's going to happen? This is one of the things that um, whenever somebody starts telling a story like a television show or something, you want to have as an audience member, you want to have an idea that that they know where this story is going. Right. Like if we bring back an old show, Lost, absolutely loved Lost, one of my favorite shows of all time in the beginning and then as the story goes, seasons three and four, you get the sense that they don't really know what they're doing. They don't know what this <laughs> island is, where they're going. But as an audience member, you want them to know and you want them to take you on a journey. With this movie, you get the real sense that Robert Zemeckis wrote part one, knowing full well what two was going to be and probably knowing what three was going to be at the same time. So I just I love the idea that he was able to do that, because if you think about it, they, there's no way they wrote part one, filmed it, and then integrated stuff in part two back into part one. That had to have been planned from the start. So I, I, I love it when it's obvious they they did their homework, they planned it all ahead of time, and they pulled it off successfully, you know? And there is something, and if we ever do part two, we're going to touch on it. But I have to say, the one casting change that was brilliant was bringing in Elizabeth Shue. Yep. She is phenomenal loved her in adventures and babysitting oh man that was a fun you know us being kids are like watching adventures and babysitting was so much fun yeah. like yes we could do that and, another movie and that then, you like the saint she's in that one too yes yes she's in the saint as well um and definitely growing up i definitely had a crush on her because she was like the babysitter and then you see her in back to the future but yeah what's interesting i watched for part two i said hey Elizabeth Shue is is not the normal or the original actor when they shot part one. And they, if you watch closely on part two, so if you guys ever watch part two, watch closely, they actually dubbed her in or like, you know, editor her in and she's not moving very much, but she's just basically standing in place for where the other person, well, they, they did a great job replacing her. But yeah, I was super excited. I was like, oh, Elizabeth Shue, Adventure Babysitting's in here. Yep, for sure. So let's get off of parts two and three. Let's just go back just, just to part one now. Um, I was thinking through the movie, what is my favorite scene? And it's so hard to pick a favorite scene. It really is. But I think my favorite scene is George decking Biff. Like that one scene right there, you get, there's a real sense of foreboding and danger for Lorraine's character being assaulted by Biff. But then George comes in expecting to see Marty, expecting to have an easy fight, but then his main nemesis is there. And then he realizes that he needs to step up and be the man that he needs to be to save Lorraine in this instance. Just absolutely loved it. And it also led into a really interesting moment. I never thought about this in the past, but Marty gets back with Doc Brown and he says, uh, what does he say exactly? He says, um, he laid out Biff. He's never stood up to Biff in his life. And then Doc Brown says, never, never. Yeah, and then yep. and then Marty goes, no, why? And then Doc Brown just has a look on his face like, oh, 
I know that we just changed the future big time. I don't know what's going to happen, but we made a huge change right here. I just, I loved how that scene led to that little moment, little character moment. And Christopher Lloyd with his wide eyes, he always has this great look on his face. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, great. So now everybody listening to this, I want you to take this second. And if you're driving, don't do this, but close your eyes and think of Back to the Future. If I tell you Back to the Future, Sky, go ahead and do this with me. Close your eyes. Think of Back to the Future. What is the first scene that pops into your mind? Well, for me, the very, very first scene that pops into my mind is my favorite scene is the skateboarding chase, like where he meets Biff for the first young Biff for the first time and he gets chased all around. And then they have the manure accident. Oh, you know, grabs the scooter or the yeah, scooter rips it off and goes around the entire park. And then they also, I got to touch on part two again. They bring it back in part two, which is so much fun. A new, and he's all a bit old. Biff is like something very familiar about this. Yeah. Oh, that whole entire scene. If it, whenever anybody says back to the future, my mind automatically goes there. Cause that was so much fun. You know, the underdog actually gets out and wins and beats the big guy, bad guy. Oh, just, that's my favorite scene. Yeah. Good, good. I, I love that scene as well. Um, when we did that little visualization thing that you just now said, the scene that pops in my mind is, uh, Marty in the DeLorean when he first travels back in time. He's being chased by the Iranians behind him. Roosh goes off the, 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 the flames on the road. And then he pops out in, uh, the past at Farmer. What's his name's farm? That's like the scene that pops in my head. It's not my favorite, but that's like the visual thing that's always there. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, and one of the things I really loved as soon as the movie opens, not right at the opening, but you hear that power of love song. Every time I hear that, I think back to the future. That's the one like Alan Silvestri's score is great. The, the, the main theme song for back to the future. Awesome as well. But that Huey Lewis power of love song. Absolutely love it. And he also did back in time. Is that, or is that the, it's two different ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. Two different ones, but all those like the, the, Dun, dun, however i can't do the album semester thing yeah. but you hear that immediately your brain goes to back to the future you hear um huey lewis i always anytime i hear huey lewis it always goes to back to the future absolutely love it okay so what is your first lesson of the movie my first lesson from the movie is stand up to bullies marty and george both stood up to to biff the bully right at a couple instances and uh you just can't let bullies run over you you know, you've got to put up a fight, stand up to them. If you end up getting clobbered by him and his friends, at least you're not, uh, you're just not a victim anymore. You know, you're turning yourself from a victim into a proactive person wanting to stop this bully. Because if he's bullying you, he's bullying Bobby over there and Sue over there and Jimmy over there as well, right? This guy needs to be stopped. And if you got to be the one to do it, so be it. You're the one. That, that's exactly right. And that's absolutely my first lesson hmm. is you need to stand up for yourself and stand up against bullies. Like if somebody, and this is something I try to help my kids to understand is that if somebody's being picked on, you do not join and pick on or laugh at and be like pointing. Ha ha ha. No, you need to be compassionate for the person that is being picked on. That's your job because you're my child. I'm teaching you. You better do this. If you sit there and you're the one laughing as well, you're not compassionate. You are not a friend. And so you need to change that. And so I try to help my kids to understand we need to be like, if you watch a movie, I can't remember. I can't think of any movie right now off the top of my head, but there are plenty of movies where somebody's getting picked on and a bunch of people are picking on them. And then one person stands out and says, you know, let me help you up. You know, Hey, sorry that it's happened to you. That's the kid. I want my kids to be, I want them to be understanding that other people have feelings and other people are 
um, when they're getting picked on, you need to stand up for them and take care of them as well. And so you're just a much better person in general to do that. So absolutely, we need to stand up for ourselves and also stand up against bullies. I do not understand how blood sport didn't pop into your head. Frank Dukes, little high school kid or junior high, beats up those other kids that were beating up uh, his Shidoshi's son. That should have been the first thing. You're slipping Ugh. as a blood sport fan. I am, dude, because yeah. you know what? I don't think of that. Like if I think close my eyes and think of blood sport, I think of the spinning background kick or, you know, the punching in the groin. Ah! Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think of that. I don't think of the other, you know, protecting the kid, but the brother or the, his um, Shidoshi son. But yeah, I agree. So what's your second lesson? Uh, my second lesson is don't let insecurity stand in the way of your dreams. And we kind of Got to it in the last week's episode. I know you weren't a big fan of Brigsby Bear, but we talked about it like, oh, what if what if they don't like our movie? You know, in this movie twice, uh, Marty and George both said, what if they don't like it? You know, sending the music into the music company um, as Marty's girlfriend asked. And then George in writing his book, right? They both said the same thing. What if they don't like it? It doesn't matter. Like if this is your dream, you've got to pursue it. You've got to go all out because if you don't send your music in, if you don't finish your book just because of fear of what they're going to think, then you're going to live your life. That's going to be your biggest regret in life. I should have wrote that book. I should have done the music. Um, I should have made that movie, whatever it might be. So screw what they think, do what you want to do and let the chips fall where they may. Great. Completely agree. Now, my lesson is have the right tools. In this movie, there's so many different tools, so many different things. Obviously, the flux capacitor is the right tool to get you, and the DeLorean's the right tool to get you there. He's like, hey, why not go in style? Right tool. Think about where Doc Brown is, you know, asking for a certain wrench. Like, you know, you know I need this. Or he's uh, he has the car that goes around, catches on fire, and that's the right tool. But also another right tool is you need to have a better powered mo- uh, uh, binoculars, like, don't buy the cheap binoculars that you have to keep scooting forward on the branch to, to peek in the window <laughs> and then fall out. Get the right binoculars that are really, really good. That's that right. have, I, there's, Do I your peeping you all about Tom right, people. Yes. Yeah. Like, seriously. Come <laughs> on. Why would you? Yeah, don't scoot forward because that's what made you fall. But, yep. hey, then eventually you got the girl. I completely understand <laughs> that. But, yeah, have the right tool. Yep. What is your Monday morning quarterback? Mine is, Biff, come on. If you really love Lorraine, you pay attention to the signs, man. You can't pursue somebody so aggressively. You're going to be my girl, Lorraine, and all that kind of stuff, right? Just the wrong way to go about things, buddy. You, he lost in the end because of that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, so honestly, there are so many different things at the very beginning where they're fighting the Libyans. Um, he's driving away, all that sort of stuff. Um, there were so many different little Monday morning quarterbacks of what he could have done to escape. Um, but then even going back in time, um, so my Monday morning quarterback is when you're, you see the Libyans, like what, instead of having the Libyans actually be, um, you know, they, they found you. Okay. Well now you're in the time machine drive away. Obviously it turns on and he gets, you know, got it gets out of there. But, um, as soon as they crash, like I'm thinking that, no, let me take the, all that back. <laughs> it wasn't when they crash. It was as he's driving around, he jumps inside there. As soon as they kill well, I don't know why he says, no, bastard, like let him know that he's there. He could literally be hiding and getting away. But at the same time, my Monday morning quarterback goes to always, you need to arm yourself. You need to be prepared. As soon as you see, I mean, he had his gun, but don't just raise your hands and hold your gun because, no, 
they're going to kill you. Start shooting. So that's my Monday morning quarterback. Start fighting back. I got you. Good, good. Love that one there. It was a long roundabout way to give him my money. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you ever hear anybody? I've heard a lot of people talk about Back to the Future as the perfect movie. Have you ever heard people mention that? Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah, this is a. And I, I believe it. I, I love this movie. Absolutely love. I give it an A plus. Easily an A, a plus. plus my well, for everybody, everybody watching, our grade that we give this movie is an A plus for me. What about you, Sky? A plus as well. A plus. Yep, for sure. Now, everybody says it's a perfect movie because there's not a single wasted moment, not a single wasted word. Things that are brought up earlier in the movie are used later on. It has a nice linear progression. You see everybody's actions make sense. So people have said for a long time, this is a perfect movie. And I tend to agree. Not tend. I definitely agree. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I agree, too, that it is... I, it definitely, I would not doubt that it's a perfect movie. Everything from the very beginning where you don't see um, uh, Michael J. Fox's face as he's walking in and seeing all the, you know, all the, the dog food getting dumped out and all that sort of stuff. And then him playing the guitar to the very end where he comes back, like everything is literally in place. And I, at no point did I think, oh, this is, this is not necessary or this is boring. I'm literally enthralled the entire movie. They did a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that people question about this movie is how come George and Lorraine don't remember Marty at all from from their earlier thing, you know? So why do you think that is? Well, the only time that you would remember Marty is that when he goes to the future and he only talk. he doesn't really even talk to his parents other than like, I thought the car was wrecked. Like you don't really get the interaction of him remembering um, Marty, which they probably did. They just, you know, when they were getting married and all, oh, that's a good name. Let's go ahead and, uh, you know, name him that. Yeah. Um, so you don't get an experience of seeing that. Yeah. My guess is two things. Either they don't remember him because somebody that you met once for just a couple of days, all of a sudden those memories and stuff were eclipsed by at the same time, you met the love of your life. You met your husband, right? He decked out Biff. I mean, it could be easy to forget Marty. And even if you remember this guy named Marty, you might easily forget what he looked like. You and I went to a Christian camp back in, I don't know, whatever year, 1995, it might have been. Um, yeah, something like we that. We met a ton of people, made some good friends there. I couldn't tell you what any of them look like, you know, when we spent nope, a whole week with those people. So it makes sense. But here's, a a, here's another thing. Doc Brown remembered Marty. He knew Marty. He's been friends with Marty this whole time, but he never told Marty that he, re that he helped him travel back in time, right? To let Marty live his life. His parents probably remember, they probably thank Marty in their minds. Thanks to him, we fell in love, we met, and now we had Marty. So there's no point in them ever saying anything to Marty. They could totally know and remember him 100%. But why would you say anything? You're going to screw up everything if you start talking about the future. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Good point at all. Cool, cool. So any last words about Back to the Future well, Dust? The prop is absolutely oh. DeLorean. I yeah. mean, you can't not take the DeLorean with the flux capacitor and the Mr. Fusion on top. Well, would you take the Fusion model or the non-Fusion model? Non-Fusion first model. There you go. Me too. Mm -hmm. I would definitely take the non-Fusion first yep. model. For sure. I, I love that one right there. So, Dust, this movie was your choice. And thank you so much for choosing a good movie. I need to redeem myself <laughs> for this next week, right? Um, but I don't really want to do Back to the Future 2 just yet. 
earlier in the movie, and you've talked about it on the podcast before, um, you mentioned Elizabeth Shue, and then I said the movie that I know you loved back in the day. I liked it a lot as well, but The Saint. So let's talk about The Saint with Val Kilmer and Elizabeth oh, Shue yes. for next week. Dude, now we're wrapping up and we're seeing that we're going to do phenomenal movies back to back. I love the movie The Saint. Yes. And I believe it's it's either on Prime or something right now. So we'll be able to watch it. Yes, absolutely. Val Kilmer is ugh, he's brilliant. Good. Elizabeth Shue's brilliant. Uh, playing like everything in Russia is awesome. I I've, I one of my best friends who passed away recently is Russian and so I've always had a, you know, a heart for Russia. Um uh, but yes, absolutely. Let's do the same. That's great. Totally. Um, one thing earlier, we did a little visualization chat test. Close your eyes. When I think of the saint, one image pops in my mind at the end of the movie. He is a buck toothed, goofy looking, bald glass wearing professor or nerdy guy, or that might've been at the beginning of the movie. Either way, that's what I remember from the saint, like him looking all goofy with buck teeth right there. What's your vision of the saint? My vision of the saint is, oh, I close my eyes and I think of the, where he falls in the water. He falls in the water and she hides underneath and the bad guys are looking for her and he's underneath the water holding, literally freezing and running out of breath. That's what I always remember for some reason. That's like the first thought that comes in my brain. Cool beans. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that next week. It's good choice on my part, I've got to say. Yes. 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 So everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for those eyeballs. If you would like to let us know what you think, maybe life lessons that you picked up, things that we didn't discuss that you want to discuss with us, just go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash back to the future. Once again, thank you so much for listening. My name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with The Saint.